Skip beep 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 Welcome to the Review Podcast. My name is Anthony. And I'm Bree. And this is a podcast in which we review movies. And then we review movies. Oh, yes, we do. Uh, coming off of our little bit of a break, a little bit of a break ski, we uh, pick a movie that one of us has seen at least one time, and then we watch it, and we kind of talk about it. Talk about the good, the bad, everything in between, all for the podcast all for the review and you're lucky viewer because we have just entered our actor <clears throat> series of the review podcast now here's my here's my bugaboo i didn't know whether or not to separate our different series into seasons or to keep every year that we do the podcast as one season. What's your opinion on that? Um, Is that, I mean, like, depending on how many series we do for a year, we could do like five seasons in a year. And that, that might be too much. That's my, that's my worry. Yeah. Maybe every year is a season. I agree. Um, yeah. It's been a while, Bree. It's been okay. a while since we've been... In the I studio, in our, dim, time, our dimly lit studio. Last time we were here, we said we'd try to get ahead and record a bunch while we were, like, um, on break for that week. We did nothing. No, nah, we just got lazy. Not lazy. We've been doing stuff. Yeah, that I too. I had my bachelorette party last weekend, so. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Oh, uh, yeah. We went to wine country. We stayed in a nice little Airbnb. We Catalina went, wine mixer. Yep. Um, we went to a cider house. Um, well, first night we went to a bar. Like a dive, I would say. And it was so much fun because the food was really good. And then they gave me a bunch of free stuff. So I can't argue with How that. You got a bunch of free. I went on my, I'll, I'll talk about my bachelor party in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you got a bunch of free stuff. I didn't. I wore the sash all weekend. <laughs> I, got I didn't want to wear the sash. It was free stuff. It was nice. Um, the second night we went bowling at a cider house. That was really fun. Because um, it was bring your own food. So we came in with a charcuterie board. And then we ordered pizza. So it was really good. And no, then wait, it's bring your own food? Bring your own food. What a wild concept for so it's a, bowling, a restaurant. No, it's a bowling alley. Bring your own food. And there's a cider house in the bowling alley. You know, so they only serve. What do you think Taffer would say to that? I don't know. Like it wasn't like two packed, but we spent probably close to maybe like two, three hundred bucks just us, our group. Well, there was like what eight of you? Eight of us. We stayed like more than two hours. They gave us a little bit extra time for bowling. Um, they let us finish two games. John Taffer would say that you should never do BYOB or BYOF in a restaurant or a bar. Because you can make more money off of people buying your food instead of like bringing in Subway or something. I don't know. Some guy came up to our table and he's like, "Whoa, where did you get that pizza? That looks good. It was good. I had it was um like a chicken, like garlic sauce, not marinara with like chicken, and then had like ranch on it. It was really good. But do you think like a restaurant, or I guess it's because this isn't a restaurant, but a place that would serve food is 
do you think they allow people to bring their own food so that they can get ideas on like what they maybe put on a menu because like if they saw the charcuterie board being like uh popular everyone's like hey look at that charcuterie board and like this place could easily do charcuterie boards i think like they don't do it because they don't really have a kitchen they just have like a like a bunch of um ciders on tap Mm -hmm. oh so good so good yeah um and then the next day, that's when we went, uh, well, the same day we did the cider place, we also went to the beach, which was super fun. And we stayed on a private beach and we didn't even know it. Um, a private beach? Yes. Like, what does that mean? Someone owns the land. And you just trespassed? Yep. yep. <laughs> whatever. No one came, No one said nothing. Hey, cool. Whatever. Um, And then... How do you own a beach? Like I know. I said to Jenna, uh, my sister... And my, um, all my friends, I was like, you know what? I don't really believe that coastline belongs to anyone. I was like, so I'm commandeering this coastline for myself. <laughs> Plant your flag. I was like, who the- <laughs> I was like, why do they own coastline? Like you don't own Lake Michigan. How do you buy that though? Like, I-, I understand like how you can buy land, like how different people or organizations or even the government can own land. I just think it like it but, should be all public beach. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking. Like, because you can't like own the you lake. You can't just say like, no, I own this beach. Nobody can come in unless I give the approval. They it's like, like that s- episode of South Park where Cartman buys an amusement park and says nobody can come in. Well, they have little signs that say on private beach, you're welcome to walk through. But you like you can't like stay on it. We just stayed on it. Whatever. Yeah, fuck them. Who cares? Um, cause uh, cause the public beach was really crowded. <laughs> so we trespassed. <laughs> we trespassed. Um, and then the next day is when we went on a winery tour. That was really fun. I got super lit and I threw up. Yeah, you were texting me and you're just like, send help, send help, and I was like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. I'm just sitting here with a dog right now. Um, I went like one of the places we went to was super cool because we actually like, did a wine tasting when she gave us a bunch of different wines. I think that's where it all started to go downhill for me. Because I, I have one friend and she came with and she doesn't drink. So I was drinking not only mine, but hers as well. She was having a good time. but Well, you had explained to me later on FaceTime what you drank and you're like i drank two glasses here i drank two glasses there i drank two glasses here and then i switched to vodka lemonades and i said oh okay that was your downfall you went from wine to hard liquor well yeah so i had two things of cranberry wine at the first place the second place was lunch so i had like a sandwich and then i had how many glasses is in a bottle like 16 i don't know i don't know i look like a wizard and then the second place at lunch i had another beverage i had another cranberry wine so three cranberry wines deep and then the next place is when i had the tasting so i had like small not a full glass of wine but it was like a bunch of different flavors of wine and i had like that twice because i was drinking somebody else's and then at the next place that's when i had the their like summer punch but and had vodka in it i had two of those again because my friend kept ordering drinks even though she doesn't drink and then handing them to me uh so i had two of those and then by the time we got to the last stop they ordered me like the wine slushy which i was super excited to drink wine slushies are dope i had one sip went to the bathroom threw up thrice Mm -hmm. i remember at your friend's wedding 
I don't want to say anyone's name I on know. the podcast, you know, but um, when we went to your friend's wedding last year around this time, it was like a couple months ago last year, but um, she had her wedding at a winery and they would make these wine slushies. It was either like a blueberry or uh, like a regular red wine slushy. They were so good, but like I did not feel anything. I felt something. I, I felt I felt some type of way. Uh yeah. Anything else happened on your bachelorette party? Um the, so how was the camaraderie between everybody? No one got tired of each other. We yeah. were all like we all had a really good time and I think I like didn't want to leave. Cuz I was having such a good time. I don't get to hang out with my friends that often cuz unlike your friends who like well, now they're moving around, but like you had a concentrated group of friends all like in the city in the same area yeah where it's like i have a friend in like downstate one like like an hour it's like they're all like hour drives mm -hmm. and it's like it's hard to get yeah it's like the closest friend is like 40 minutes and that's like pretty far of a drive country roads but god here she goes <laughs> we listened to so i made a playlist that was called bride to breathe did you end up changing that playlist because she was telling me about this playlist oh yeah I my said, sisters went in and deleted like oh, a bunch of songs thank god and then they Brie, put in new I, songs listen i was trying to i was trying to give you some advice you were not listening to anybody you're just like i'm gonna put like taylor swift's evermore on this bachelorette playlist and you're putting your sisters are like you're putting all these depressing songs on there i'm like no you got to get fired up for your bachelorette party like the vibe's got to be good you got to put some like bangers on there it was fun. Julie put on a bunch of her music, and Julie has horrible taste in music. What ends up happening is you don't care what's on. Oh the no, playlist. we listened to the playlist the entire time we were at the beach, and I didn't care. A single yeah, you bit. Don't, you don't even pay attention to it because, like, I'll I'll talk about my bachelor party real quick. I can't remember if I if we recorded anything before. No, we didn't. We didn't since I've been on my bachelor party. Went to my bachelor party in Nashville um, a few weeks before Brie. And there was, I believe, nine of us there. And there were some good surprises. Some good surprises. My um, One of my good friends from my fraternity that I haven't seen in a while, who lives out in Nashville, surprised us. And we hung out with him for a bit. Um, and then uh, I told them, you know, we were doing the planning for the bachelor party. And one of my best men kept... Uh, texting me and saying things like well what do you want to do is there anything specific that you want to do and they I always ask you what do you want to do i said i want to go to the beach and i want to go bowling and I, we did both of those things well i told him i said there's not much that i really want to do because it's more so what the group wants to do i said but i do have some rules as no strip clubs right like i'm not going to a strip club and i don't want to be forced into doing anything that i don't want to do if i say no it's no and um, he's like, okay, we can deal with that. So what we ended up doing was just kind of hanging out and we were in the Airbnb and we, you know, went out to dinner at a few different places. We, uh, went to the bars, but one thing that we did was probably like the highlight activity of our bachelor party, which was, um, we did a pedal tavern and you've done a pedal tavern before. I have. They're super fun. They're so much fun. It's so much fun. We were only on it for like an hour but I'm telling you, Brie, they, like, force you to drink 
like just guzzled down cans of alcohol. I, so was your pedal tavern different than ours? Because when I did a pedal tavern, we would pedal to a bar, get off, go in the bar, drink, come back on the pedal tavern, pedal, pedal, pedal to a different bar. No, ours was different. He just kind of pedaled around uh, downtown Nashville and then there was one stop like for a pee break and they're like, you can go in, take a shot, come back or something. And a bunch of us just stayed on the pedal tavern because we brought like a bunch of booze with us that we had to finish or else you, when you get kicked off the pedal tavern, you can't bring it to the bars. With so that, you. that's interesting because it's different than what we did. What we we did ours in um, downtown Phoenix. So like that's probably mm-hmm. and why it was we, different. We had a really good pilot i guess you would say driver pilot for the pedal tavern shout out ryan root um nashville's finest he uh i I don't know if the pedal tavern would have been good if we had somebody else like some of my friends who had been in nashville before had him for a pedal tavern in the past and requested him like personally to be on our pedal tavern because they knew how much fun he was and it was like this guy's charisma and like just energy throughout was infectious and it made it so much more fun we brought so much liquor brie i'm telling you by the time we got off that pedal tavern i don't know where i was <laughs> i was i was out of it that was me okay so when you look through the pictures because we took a picture at every place we went if you look a picture of the last place we went those eyes there's no one there and then like <laughs> We went to the bars afterwards, and I don't remember much about that night, because once we got off the pedal tavern, like, I, I it was like gray, <laughs> and uh, I just remember like we went to this Kid Rock bar, which I think is new in Nashville, and it's like huge, and there's a couple levels to it, and I just remember just being guided around by my brother, and that's about it. And they told me they're like. You were like kind of um, like you like you look like you were in a bad place at the bar at one point. And uh, my friend goes, I asked you what you needed. And you said, I just want water. And he's like, I got you the water. And once you got the water, you were back in it. (laughs) (laughs) I I just needed some hydration. I needed water. They tried to get me to drink a liquid IV. And I was like, no, those things taste like butt. So one of my friends got um, like he was hanging pretty bad on that Sunday, like when we were going to come home. And he said, screw it. And he went to this place and scheduled an appointment where you mainline IV, like a bunch of vitamins and stuff. And we left him. And then like three hours later, we saw him at the airport and we're like, how do you feel? And he goes, I feel so much better. And he's like, it's supposed to last for a week. I didn't even know you could do that, but I guess so. I don't know. I just recovered the old-fashioned way the whole day That's what i did yeah the, the monday when i came home i was like anthony i don't feel good i just laid on the couch i threw up again um but then i was back to the gym and everything on the tuesday so like no 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 bad uh no bad things yeah i, I had to go on a diet because man i drank so much and ate like poop but the, I asked you about the camaraderie and your bachelorette party. We had like nine guys and I think we added a tenth. There was a lot of us in one Airbnb for a weekend. And I was so surprised at like how well everybody got along with each other. And especially like 
some of us that don't interact all that much. Like I had, I had people from different friend groups coming and uh, like my brother was there and he doesn't really talk to any of my friends. He met a lot of them for the first time at the bachelor party and it was immediate, Brie. Like it was an immediate, like I was telling like my close group of friends, I was saying it was like, it was like he had been our best friend for years like that's how like seamlessly he transitioned into our friend group especially because we kept quoting um i think you should leave from tim robinson (laughs) we kept quoting it and we kept saying like oh i used to be a piece of shit but i'm not anymore people can change and he just rolled with it and he kept saying it and he did not know what it was from until the last day of the bachelor party when we showed him (laughs) so i was like man seamless transition into a friend group it's pretty cool Anything else you want to add, Bree? Um, I just think that, you know, I appreciated my non-traditional bachelorette party where, like, we we didn't go anywhere crazy. We didn't go bar hopping. It was, like, winery tours and the beach and, like, bowling at a cider house and, like, things because, I mean, I'm a sociable person, but, like, I really, like... I wanted to spend time with my friends. That's really what I wanted too. Because it's like, you know, I just wanted I just wanted us to hang out and like drink and have a good time. And we we would stay up late. We watch movies. Like the Airbnb had enough beds. Like almost everyone got their own. I had to share, but like I had a king size bed, so it was like I'm, I don't care about sharing a king bed. Mm-hmm. And then so it was like me, my friend Colleen in the the king size bed and then my sister on the pullout couch in the same room because there's like three places to stay and then my younger sister was in the other bedroom upstairs and then everybody else was downstairs um i had one friend who she slept on the couch because the living room was the only place that had a tv and she can only go to sleep with and the she TV can only on. go to sleep with the tv on so she slept and it's a pullout couch but she chose to just leave it as a couch and sleep on it we we did something like that too where it was like we had a cut so in our airbnb on the top floor there were bunk beds that me and my brother took and um there was a couch there that pulled out into a pullout couch nobody slept on that couch not a single person there were some people sleeping on the floor like we had a chair that somebody just like cuddled and hurdled in or huddled in um but nobody slept on the pullout couch i thought it was like it, it was pretty like it was nice that like everybody had a bed. This place is like a like a five star, like Airbnb. Like they got me a gift. Like I walked in and there was a gift for me, like a little tiny bottle of champagne and a glass that like said bride, and it was really cute. And it, like they sent me a little note, and it was all decorated. And then we added more decorations. And they're like, oh, send us all your pictures because you could be in our um calendar for next year oh, like they geez. pick pictures of they're gonna people. send you residuals for that <laughs> but it was like it's was such a like a fun time very nice airbnb and it made me like want to live there it was mm-hmm. like so nice and you couldn't rent that airbnb during the airbnb during the holidays i'm like how fun would it be to spend like christmas with like a family there i learned all about from our uber, our series of uber drivers who each like told us different parts of the story of like the gentrification of nashville which was nice i was i kind of like pieced the puzzle together and formed a full story of like the history of nashville <laughs> there is no um for, like unfortunately for Nashville, it's a big city, and a lot of places like that get gentrified. Yeah, yeah. Um, this place, 
like the where the wineries are like it's all just like country so mm-hmm. it's already like some of the buildings like they didn't serve like some of the businesses in the downtown area which is like imagine like a country downtown area like there's not a lot of stores mm-hmm. um a lot of the businesses went out of business there's a lot of empty storefronts yeah. um which is sad and like the restaurant in the downtown area is only open like it doesn't open until wednesday and it's only open till like the weekend and then it closes again so i was like man and like every place had a help wanted sign Mm-hmm. It's, it's a labor shortage there's a labor shortage i was and i turned to my friend i was like you know they could solve that problem by paying more money because, no yeah. according to our senators uh the labor shortage will end once everybody runs out of all that stimulus money that they gave us you, almost probably everyone <laughs> in that town's run out of that stimulus money i i, 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 yeah, spent, that I spent first that, the first day this when i got the I, stimulus I our, check i paid a rent <laughs> i bought two lightsabers yes for the entire amount, actually, probably more than the stimulus was. I, I paid our rent, and then on the second stimulus check, I went and bought a um, Microsoft Surface. <laughs> but anyway, um, seen some good movies lately. Yeah, we're going to see some more movies. Like these are movies that are not going to be on. The, like we're not going to review out for the podcast. Yeah, I mean, so like we I, saw, saw, I saw I saw Thor last week, which we're, I'm going to go see this week because yeah. I was at my bachelorette party and this is the first today would be the first time we've actually had time to go see it. Mm-hmm. And then this weekend we're going to go see. I just read the book. Um, we're going to go see where the crawdads sing, and I'm excited about that. I want to give a little um a little piece of news, a little movie news. Um, since it's still on our radar of a movie that we're going to review in the future you know halloween ends comes out on october 14th and we haven't seen a lot from the movie and i mean as of right now as of this recording we've got we've got like four months and not less than that three months until the movie comes out so the marketing is starting to I, I think we're going to go full speed ahead with the marketing with Halloween ends. And there's been some wacky rumors about this movie coming out because like, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to leak anything, but I follow a series of um, notable movie scoopers. Um, some that are a little credible, some that are maybe not so credible and uh, or that, that have had a track record of being correct in certain regards and some that have not had a track record of being correct. There are some weird, like stuff. There's some weird stuff coming out about this movie. Some that's incorrect. Um, stuff about like there was a rumor that um, Michael dies in the first 15 minutes of Halloween Ends, and the movie is about like the effects that he has on the town, which I think that was debunked. I think they people came out and were like, "That's not true." Um, but we're supposed to get a trailer next week for Halloween Ends. Finally. Which we're excited because, I, you know... I've heard that the movie, without spoiling anything, that the movie had a test screening um, earlier in the week. And they showed two different cuts to two different theaters. And... Um, I'm looking at Michael. Oh. And uh, one was pretty, you know, good. It got a lot of good reviews. And one got some pretty bad ones. And there was... Uh, they were saying one cut of the movie is pretty divisive. So... 
it'll be interesting to see what they do next. Um, there was rumor about like the mask, that the mask was going to be different or that Michael would be maskless for the whole movie. Because you got to think of where we left off with Halloween Kills. He's just roaming around now. They never caught him. So where do we pick up with Halloween Ends, which is supposed to pick up four years later? He's probably just roaming around, right? Or he gets caught. So I don't know where the movie is going to go. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I've heard that it's not the movie we think it's going to be. There's been people on Twitter that know a little bit. I say they know a little bit about the movie and say, you know, some people it's going to rub the wrong way. Because it's just a different movie than what a lot of people are expecting. That doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You know, we've had different Halloween movies. I know. We've had much different Halloween movies. I can attest. The one that dealt with psychic powers. The one that dealt with uh, Cult of the Thorn. There's some different Halloween. It doesn't necessarily mean they're bad. Resurrection. Like, everyone says Resurrection is bad. Resurrection was fun. We we had a good time. Yeah. I'm... I'm looking forward to, like, what's coming next. I'm right. also looking forward to, as I am doing the decorations and the centerpieces for our wedding, how am I going to incorporate, like, Halloween into it and all that kind of stuff. Halloween the movie or the holiday? The the movie. Oh, okay. And the holiday. You know me. Sure. But let's get started yeah, into tw- this. Holy moly, we're 25 minutes in. We haven't even discussed what we're doing today. So today we start our actor series. We're going to start off with Anthony's pick, Mr. Adam Sandler, the funny man. Allegedly, the funny man um, starts off as the funny man. So I'll do, I guess I'll go into a little bit of explanation here. When we were discussing post. We were finishing up Halloween, the Halloween series in the Jurassic Park series, and we were sitting at Chili's and we were discussing what do we want the future of the podcast to look like? Do we want to go into big like 13, 14 part franchise again? Because that was a little exhausting with Halloween. We ended up getting like tired of it after a while. Or do we want to go into different spurts of themes? So I said, why don't we do a director series? And then we had the idea of splitting up the director series. It adds a little bit more content. You know, we get to watch movies that we both want to watch. And then I said, you know, I was split on the actors of the director series. And Bree's like, well, why don't we do both? It's like, why don't we pick an actor too? And so I grappled with who I wanted to pick. And I knew I wanted to do like comedy. Because we really haven't gone into a lot of comedy on the podcast. Um, so, like, I thought of Jack Black at first. Oh, how many Kung Fu Pandas would we have I know. Oh, my gosh. Um, I thought of Jack Black at first. And then I thought Get thematic- that corn out of my face. <laughs> Get that corn out of my face. Skip <laughs> <laughs> me. I saw someone who had a gender reveal party and it was Nacho Libre theme. Oh, that's cool. And it was really just like one person dressed up as Nacho Libre. Sometimes you wear stretchy pants. <laughs> um, so I thought about Jack Black. And I thought he would have been cool. But Jack Black hasn't done... He's done very little serious. I thought of Jim Carrey. Because Jim Carrey goes serious. And I love me my eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. But I said that's a, that's a series for another day. Um... And then I landed on Adam Sandler, and I chose Sandler for a specific reason, because Sandler is very diverse in 
how he portrays his characters. Like the the series of films that I've chosen for our actor series is almost meticulously picked to be in line with a theme. How Adam Sandler teaches us how to grow up um, in different regards. So we are starting today off with Billy Madison, which is one of the first pieces of media that catapults Adam Sandler into stardom. And Billy Madison teaches us how to grow up in terms of maturity, right? Like how to become responsible and mature. The second movie that I picked that we'll deal with in a few weeks is The Wedding Singer. How Adam Sandler teaches us how to grow up in having a relationship with somebody or getting over relationships. The third movie that I picked is Big Daddy. Um, how Adam Sandler teaches us how to be a parent, right? Like different stages of growing up. And then the fourth movie is not so much growing up as much as it is this is Adam Sandler doing something serious that got a lot of critical praise. Uh, Uncut Joms. Uncut Joms. make me watch that again? Yes. I thought we yes. agreed on a different movie. Did we? No, we didn't. The one about his friend who... Rain Over Me? Mm-hmm. No, we're doing Uncut Joms. Oh my god. Uncut uh, what did what is the uh Julia Black say? She's like, I was uh I was John Shafty's muse when he wrote Uncontrolled. Um so it's a little bit about how Adam Sandler teaches us how to grow up in different regards. Uncut gems I have to like figure out like deeper into like how does Adam Sandler teach us how to grow up here? Because he acts like a, a jerk throughout the entire movie. But this is how you can't run away from your um, problems. problems yeah yeah face them head on and maybe pass away and maybe maybe you get shot but <laughs> so we are starting off our adam sandler series today and brie we'll get into your uh meryl streep series when it's your, my turn when it's your turn so we are um kicking off our adam sandler series with one of his first major films 1995's billy madison Starring Adam Sandler and, uh, I don't know, there's some other people who I didn't research. But um, I can't remember the, the actress's name, but she played Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat movie. Um, Buscemi's in this. Oh, he's my, one of my Buscemi, favorites. Uh, Bra- Bradley Whitford's in this. Um, I'm trying to think of some other people. There's not many, like, notable names. Oh, Norm MacDonald. We got Norm MacDonald. Chris Farley. Yes, he was funny. Oh, Chris Farley is beautiful in this movie. He's beautiful. Uh, So, Billy Madison. And I guess what I want to start off here is Adam Sandler prior to Billy Madison. How do we get to 1995? So... Adam Sandler starts off in his younger years, in his teenage years, doing stand-up comedy. And for the most part, he is a, a kind of a clean stand-up comedian in his teenage years. And he uh, talks a lot about in his stand-up growing up, especially in a Jewish household. He talks about his parents a lot in, the, in his stand-up. If you ever watched some of those early Adam Sandler stand-up videos, it's kind of clean-cut. Adam Sandler then, in 1990, auditions and gets hired for Saturday Night Live, which is where he kind of formulates his name, as many 
kind of notable comedians and comedic actors have done in the past. You have your Kate McKinnons, you have your Jason Sudeikis's, your Andy Samberg's, for example, Will Ferrell. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these comedic actors and actresses got their start on Saturday Night Live. So Sandler starts in SNL. And he forms, like, his core group of friends at Saturday Night Live. Chris Farley, David Spade, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider. Um, and they all, like, appear in his movies later on, especially to the point where we have Grown Ups, which is, like, M. Sandler just invited all of his friends to make a movie. But in his defense, <laughs> he, he just likes to make movies with his friends. Yeah, and we appreciate that. When you can, you should. So... Sandler stars, oh god, he did a movie, like, during his SNL years that didn't really, I can't remember the name of it, but it didn't really, like, hit very well. And he forms some, like, notable characters on Saturday Night Live. Um, the Canteen Boy, he does, like, um, the, oh god, why can't I remember any of them? Opera Man? <laughs> I do remember Opera Man because when he hosted, like, not recently, because I'm old, Ooh. but... Uh, it was a couple years back. More recently than, you know, hit, after his departure, he did like an Opera Man like sketch. It was so funny. Yeah, yeah. He did Opera Man. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm blanking right now and I don't feel like Googling it in, in, <laughs> in the moment. So uh, he does a lot of stuff on Saturday Night Live and he gets some notable attention. Normally because like if you watch his skits with Chris Farley, they like try to make each other laugh the entire and then you can tell like there's a friendship between him and some of the other cast members and that's how they're having fun I, I don't know some of my favorite sketches on saturday night live aren't like the particularly like funny ones it's the ones where like they're all laughing like yeah, they all yeah. break because Do you remember the, <clears throat> the oh, one shoot. the one sketch that you hate which one alien thanksgiving alien thanks is that the kern yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's so stupid. It's, it's so, so stupid. It's a more recent but if you, skit. But if you watch, everyone in that skit ha is like laughing. And I think that's what makes it so funny. It's like not that the sketch is particularly funny at all. The sketch is not funny. But like everyone is laughing. Like, oh my. Like Because they realize how stupid it is. And like there are sketches that get cut from SNL. And like, that one didn't. That one didn't. And if I just look up like the alien Thanksgiving on oh my, YouTube it's with so funny Pete Davidson, when, it's like I don't, we don't have lurgs to run away from the clergs. I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, but I'm thinking of like um, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley doing the Zagat's reveal or the the review where they go through the catalog of restaurants and Chris Farley, like they're the husband and wife, like the old husband and wife, and Chris Farley, like is very clearly making Adam Sandler laugh throughout the entire skit, but they, he tries to hold it in so bad. Did you ever see the one skit? I always think of it um, in terms of the skits that made actors break during SNL. It was the Debbie Downer skit where they're at Disney World. Um, it's like Rachel Dratch plays the Debbie Downer character, and they're with like Lindsay Lohan is hosting, Jimmy Fallon's in it, I think Horatio Sands is in it. And they just all break throughout the entire skit. And they cannot hold it together. It's so good. I love Rachel Dredd. I think she's like one of the funniest people. that She's low-key. Like she's very uh, underrepresented. Underrepresented in terms of like. I, think, I feel underappreciated, like. Underappreciated. My I whole thing say. with her as an actress is like 
She is only a comedic actress. Mm-hmm. I can't see Rachel Dratch playing like a serious role, but she does comedy so well. She does. So, sorry, I got a burp. Um, he does a lot of stuff in SNL, has a lot of friends in SNL, and he's presented with Billy Madison during his like last year at SNL. And people advised Adam Sandler not to do this movie. Lauren Michaels, the guy who created SNL, the executive producer for Saturday Night Live, Sandler brought him the script. And Lauren Michaels read it and said, do you really want your mass introduction as a top star to be you putting suntan lotion on yourself and singing about suntan lotion in a pool? It's like, is that what you really want your introduction to a, a wide audience to be? And Sandler said something along the lines of, he's like, I got criticism for it, but we went and did it anyway. He's like, sometimes you feel like you just should do it. So he already has formed kind of a name in SNL, but is now starting that transition into Hollywood movies. And Billy Madison is that first movie that Sandler does that kind of elevates him past Saturday Night Live into the mainstream. I forget where I was going with this. But I think, I think it kind of encapsulates Sandler's career up to this point that people told him not to do it. And he did it anyway. And I would say that this is probably the movie. I don't know if if Adam Sandler had not done Billy Madison, I don't know if we would have had, you know, the series of Sandler later. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, about this movie... Oh, yeah. I like it, but I was like, so this movie's just like... It's about nothing. It's like there's no... <laughs> I was like, it doesn't ma matter? So, we got to think about it like this. So, a, a little bit of like, I guess, more background history into the movie. Sandler wanted to cast like everybody from SNL into the movie. They told him no. Because the producers in the studio said, we're not going to make a movie in which you just cast your friends. So they really, like, I think they had a different director at first, but he didn't get along with some of the people on set. And then that person left and the movie's directed by Tamara Davis. And I read somewhere that the, um, like there, there was, it doesn't seem like there's like an effort going into making a movie like this because it's just a comedy movie and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of like uh thought behind how to make these things but i was reading this rolling stone article about the movie like what billy madison 20 years later how it's important it's from rolling stone and the rolling stone article mentions something about the production his uh, designer of the movie or the costume designer one of the two who she particularly made everything in the movie very bright colored and like very in your face, like kind of not neon, not highlighter color, but there's a lot of pinks. There's a lot of yellows, a lot of light blues and greens. And she said she did that because the movie for the most part is centered around kids. There's a lot of kids in the movie. So you want to uh, put a lot of bright colors in there to make the world that's how kids see the world in bright colors like all the positives and everything so they wanted to emulate that in a lot of his scenes in which he's in the elementary school so it's kind of interesting when you think about it that it doesn't seem like a movie 
like Billy Madison would take a lot of thought and a lot of effort to, to make, but it did. Overall, Brie, your thoughts. I like the movie. That's a. What is your um? What's your his like? When was the first time you saw the movie? I have no idea what age I was. I have seen this movie so many times. Similar to Jurassic Park and Halloween, I think this is a movie in which both of us have seen like a bajillion times in our as kids. I think it's because it's we both have older brothers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we both have older brothers. That's probably around the same age too. Yeah, similar mm-hmm. ages. So. Do you well, I think remember, your brother's you have more any, like, like my sister's age than my brother's yeah, age. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like specific memories of this movie as as a kid or the gen- I get not specific, but no, general I don't, memories? I don't think I have like much memories about watching, but I've seen this movie so many times. Um, it was fun to watch it again because you know you really do realize like what the f- is this even about? Like, I can't believe it got made. We, we were talking about like how it's just like a series of sketches. Yeah, the movie is so it has a story, but it. I told Bree as we were watching it, it's like once we get to him in school, every scene where he's in class is like it should be its own little sketch. The movie is a compilation of sketches. I think sketches. about the when they're in the cafeteria and with the lunch lady talking yeah. about sloppy joes. It's like surrealist. I'm like. Uh, it's a sketch lady is scaring us <laughs> dude i i when we this is the first time i've watched the movie like in full in a while and dude i quote so much from this movie there's so many things like i'm sure you you caught them like as we were watching the movie there's so many things that i say just in passing that are from this movie like i always go lady is scaring us i so, um i made him extra sloppy for you i've been saying that because our dog only likes um his food like yeah full of water and we have to pretend that we put other stuff in it like we're making food i'm like he gets bored of his food he, i'm gonna start i have to like okay we have a i have a thing of like um chicken broth in the fridge and i keep the cap on it and i don't and i just like pretend i'm pouring it into his uh bowl and then he'll eat it Mm -hmm. he's such a freaking butthead there's like some other quotes that i say in the movie uh, from the movie um like when we buy shampoo and conditioner i will be in the store with you and go conditioner is better clean the hair make it silky smooth like i'll i'll say all these different quotes and like i can't believe how much of my humor comes from this movie i'm gonna tell you that's how i feel with like when i i quote a lot of spongebob like a lot of spongebob Mm -hmm. and i'm like so much of my personality is just like spongebob i i i remember like catching myself a few times saying to you like do you remember the scene where he is uh drunk and he sees the penguin in the middle of the movie Yes. Uh, by Veronica's house. And he's like, so sorry to interrupt. I say that a lot. Um, there's like so many different quotes in this movie that I sat there and reflected on. I'm like, I can't believe how much of my humor comes from this movie. And I think <laughs> it's because of my nostalgia for the movie. Because like we said... Like we both have older brothers, and this is this is like an older brother movie. Like older brothers, like you want to watch this movie with me, and I'm like, sure. 
So I, remember, I probably like, my first memory was probably sitting in my brother's room watching yeah. this movie. This is like mid nineties. The mid nineties kids are watching this and going, "Oh my god, it's so funny!" <laughs> because it's so stupid, and that's what like mid nineties kids like—the like, stupid humor like this. This movie can never be made today. I don't think it would hold up if it was made today. I don't think anyone would find it funny if it was made today. I don't today. think anybody would find it funny, but I think we love Billy Madison and we find it so funny and endearing because of the nostalgia factor, because a lot of us have memories of watching it when we were kids or watching it in our youth. I remember like sitting at, I when I was a kid, I used to have like a little portable DVD player. You know what um, movie I've I watch more than anything. What? Little Nicky. Oh, yeah. I, I was close to putting Little Nicky on the list. Oh, my gosh. That movie I remember watching so it many times. hit me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I just... There's, like, a couple of, like, those Sandler movies. It's so quote... Everything that Sandler does is so quote... Even, like, Uncut Gems we quote all the time. We quote it so much. Like, everything he does is... So, like, you can pick and choose what you want to take and apply to your humor. So, I remember, like, when I was a kid, I used to have this portable DVD player. And I used to carry it around with me, like, wherever I went. Because I was like, I love movies and I want to watch movies. So, like, I'd be at the dinner table. Oh, and God. You were an iPad kid. I, I'd be at the dinner table, like, eating my macaroni and cheese that my mom just made me. And I would put on Billy Madison on the portable DVD player. And, like, I would just watch Billy Madison as I ate. And I told Bree this, that there were, like, moments in Billy Madison where I knew that my mom didn't like the movie. And... <laughs> Shocked. I knew that she, like, didn't like the movie. She didn't think it was funny. But I'm, there I'm was, beyond shocked. But this there was my this first thing time where hearing that your mom didn't when enjoy a stupid I, movie. Yeah. When I would play a, a movie that i thought was funny but i knew my mom didn't and this is not just billy madison there's a bunch of different stuff but billy madison is an example when i would play a movie and watch it with her i would feel like and then she would like laugh a little bit like i'd hear a chuckle out of her i, I it would be like validating to me that it's like yes like i got something that she enjoyed slightly you know I, I told you that when we were watching the movie, I think it was the um, the part where Billy is going to school for the first time and he sings that song, the back to school song. I remember my mom like chuckling at that and I felt so validated. Like <laughs> I finally have a movie that she kind of thinks is also funny. Um, so like I have a lot of like history with Billy Madison and it's very nostalgic for me because it was something my brother had on a lot when we were kids. It was something that I watched a lot when we were kids. Now watching it in totality as a, a 20, what am I? 26, 26 mm -hmm, year yep. old human male. Um, I, <laughs> had, that's a human male. That's what an alien would say. Is <laughs> a 26 year old human male. Um, did I think it was, did I, think it was really funny yes i think it was as funny as i did when i was a kid no i didn't but there's like some stuff when for example when they um when they light the flaming bag of dog poo on fire 
and they put it on the guy's doorstep and the guy's like oh it's a bag of poo again and sandler goes oh he called the shit poo i like died that's so funny to me for some reason like a little thing like that is still like to me holds up because it's so stupid and so funny so that's a little bit of my history with the movie Bree, you have anything else no, I think, so, as we review this movie, it's pretty hard to narrow, like, do it, like, beat by beat, because, yeah, like, we talked about it, it. Is, it is very much, like, here's the st- overarching story, like, and dad, then here are these- dad owns hotel company, Billy Dumb, this guy's like, I'll take over, Billy wants the company to go to him, he's like, what if I go back? to school and I complete all my grades and prove to you that I could take over the company and it's like good you have till this time or the company goes to this person and of course the backup person is evil tries to interfere with like the end result and then our good guy ends up winning the lovable loser and he ends up giving the company to somebody else anyway but it was it's all like the sketches it's really just the movie is a series of gags and like to reiterate what you were saying we had mentioned as we were like in the middle of watching the movie i think this is going to be really hard to do beat by beat because we would have to remember every single gag that they intercut between these story cues so, like, when Billy and Eric do the academic decathlon or whatever. Which is, like, the end. It's, like, the end of the movie. It's not just that climax of the movie where they do the the quiz bowl or whatever. It's all the little gags that they I put love, in there like the, with him getting lit on fire. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. The first one where, they're like, they're doing, like, an equation on the board. And, like, the one guy, he has, like, a bunch of stuff. And the other one, it's, like... Um, Billy just writes, Eric drinks his own pee. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's hilarious. And then it cuts to the next one where Billy makes this, like, beautiful pie, and then the other guy's pie is on fire. <laughs> and it's like... And Billy's laughing at him. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> uh, it's just gags. And I think, like, when we were watching this, I was like, I don't have a lot to, like, talk about about this movie, other than I really like it. I'm like, it. It's not as funny as when I was a kid, but it's still it like, holds. I still think it holds. I, I was up. like, it's still like I'm like not laughing out loud, but I enjoyed watching it, and it's nostalgic, and I I enjoy it. It's just like I I'm not gonna be able to talk about it for more than like 10, 15 minutes. Like yeah. <laughs> it's it's Billy Madison. It's funny. Uh, like I I have to say like one of my favorite. Um, like running gags throughout the movie is like the principal is just like, uh, hot for yeah, Billy. Well, there's some stuff that got cut. I found out later as I was doing my research on the movie. That was supposed to be like even more of a running gag throughout the movie, but there's some stuff that got cut. So there's only like two instances where the principal is like hot for Billy, and uh, it's like it make you could say, oh wow, it's still funny. But there would have been more of that stuff in there. Um, so let me, um, before we get into, you know, the minutia of the movie, let me read you a little bit of um, some trivia from IMDb because okay. there's some cool stuff in here. Um, during the school bus scene, Chris Farley turned bright red in aggravation 
uh, it was improvised, according to Adam Sandler. Uh, before every scene, Chris Farley would chug entire cups of espresso to maintain his trademark manic energy. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's that one scene where he's like, no yelling on the bus. And then he just like makes himself stressed out. like, <laughs> And you can see his face turning red. Um, during the dodgeball scene, Adam Sandler hit the kids with the dodgeballs as hard as he possibly could. The editor had to cut away quickly after each hit so, so they didn't show children crying. <laughs> that's so mean um let's see some other stuff in here um though he co-wrote the script adam sandler also ad-libbed a lot of his performance director tamara davis said it was important to let adam sandler be adam sandler i would agree um uh, uh adam sandler offered the role of uh eric to philip seymour hoffman initially and Interesting. He, he ended up not giving it to philip seymour hoffman uh he turned it down and later sandler called hoffman and said uh like why didn't you want to do it and he's like i just didn't want to do it like that was the explanation like why did you turn down he's like i just didn't feel like i wanted to do it <laughs> which they later then go on to have scenes together in punch drunk love um so that's kind of a cool little tidbit of information um, Tamara Davis was not the original director. Stephen Kessler, whom the studio hired at Sandler's request, originally began the film, but after three days on set, uh, Kessler was fired for having trouble getting good co comedic material out of Sandler. So they didn't work well together. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Oh, the 20 categories listed in the final stage of the academic decathlon. So here are the categories. If you didn't notice what's on the board at the end of the movie. Uh, English literature, U.S. presidents, my wife the tramp, <laughs> astronomy, baking, burning dog poo in the human response, <laughs> reflections of society and literature, information systems, chemistry, the Roman Empire, my spouse is sleeping around, the French Revolution, automotive repair, 20th century poetry, calculus, needlepoint, Architecture, business ethics, Shakespeare, and finally, I married common street trash. <laughs> uh, so there's like some good, uh, there's some good little Easter eggs in the movie. Uh, so why don't we get down to like, I, I, I you already kind of explained the general I, I so story. I, I told the general story. I think like that. It's it's a good story. Do you think this is a pro teacher movie? I was watching it and I was thinking like, you know, we get a lot of like anti teacher rhetoric these days. But like these teachers were able to like educate this like adult two weeks at a time through every grade level to the point where like he was successful. Yeah, and, and like no longer like. Well, you looked at me at one point in the movie, and you're like, "So Billy's not an idiot; he just wasn't trying." And I was like, "Well, that's what we do as teachers. Like, kids aren't idiots. Like, we're not you're not supposed to go into it thinking this kid's a lost cause. You're just saying like, there's probably more factors at play to a kid not wanting to be in school or in your class other than they just are not smart. You know, so like Billy." is smart he can do it he just wasn't trying he just didn't think there was a reason to be in school when he was in school initially or that his dad was paying off the teachers 
Just as like it's almost in art classes, it's not like a kid doesn't. I can't do it. It's, it's that a kid might if, be experiencing some outside factors. It's almost as if, like, when kids don't fail, they don't learn, which is a proven thing in academia. First attempt in learning, fail. It's um, your brain only grows if the if it's hard and if you fail. Mm-hmm. Like, the failing grows your brain. I tell the kids that all the time. I'm like. It's important. I was like, do you think you would learn anything if you came to school and everything was easy? It's like, no. Yeah, because if I was just teaching stuff you already knew, I was like, you're not you're not growing. Right. I was like, it's supposed to be hard. You're learning this for the first time. And it's like, it should be difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's going to take practice. I think That's when, what we do with when teachers like had just given him the grades regardless it's like they didn't care he never failed he never grew and could be the reason why he acts so childish yeah so he never was forced to grow up i think the movie is pro teacher in the sense that it's like billy thanks a lot of his teachers like in his experience and then at the end of the movie is like i'm gonna be a teacher you know it's very pro education and i think that it's I, i think there are two comedy movies that every well history teacher should watch the first is bill and ted's excellent adventure and the second is billy madison because there's some good stuff in there that's pro teacher and pro education that um in our day and age when everybody is like man the teachers man 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 i think this is a good like movie that shows that teachers are very like positive influences on people and you know not one teacher in the movie was like every teacher in this movie was saying like these kids are my life you know the like the kids are what's important what's important is like what we do in the classroom and the movie is um i think important in that regard now let's get down to kind of the basics of the movie so like as you explained we get the general story here of billy is kind of a goofball he's a drunk he like is a trust fund kid who has never really had to try for anything he has no motivation as later on veronica says in the movie like there are people that are just like piles of crap that just like waste away through life without any goals he's like that in the beginning of the movie um, we get him like in these gags, like putting suntan lotion on himself, uh, excited for nudie magazine day, seeing uh, penguin hallucinations and chasing after the fake penguin. And then we're introduced to like his dad and all of the executives of Madison Hotels. His dad is, uh, you know, big businessman, multi-million dollar company. He wants to give it down to Billy because that's what he and his wife had always planned. But Billy is immature and can't really take responsibility. So he's going to give the company to Eric. Eric. <laughs> Which also I say a lot when I have somebody in my life named Eric. <laughs> Eric is pregnant. Um, so Eric is kind of like a shady business guy. Doesn't get along with Billy all that much. And they make a deal. Billy can pass all these grades in you know, a few weeks each. 
then he'd get the company, which I looked at Bree and I said, that's a horrible deal to give away your multi-million dollar company, but okay, we'll deal with it. And Eric is like trying to sabotage him throughout the movie. So like the rest of the movie is Billy going through the grades. We get gag after gag after gag. I'm going to try to list some off the top of my head. We're not going to go into every gag in particular, but you have like the puppy who lost his way that when uh, Miss Lippy reads him the story and he like gets angry about it. He's <laughs> like, you don't just give up looking for your dog after an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then we get into dodgeball, um, which I think is an important scene as a teacher because I think we've all been there as teachers where Billy gets hit with the dodgeball and then goes back in and he's like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to sit here and call her. I don't really want to play dodgeball. And Miss Lippy's like, no, you have to go outside. Like, this is it's like, this is your time, but this is also like my time to chill. So like when the kids leave the room for like specials or something, like that's your time alone i need right? that you time that. <laughs> i need that time please give me that time so um, though having one kid in the room not that bad because like i usually just like relax and read mm -hmm. but i still wouldn't want a kid in there yeah so uh billy like does the first grade he does the picture of the blue duck and then he gets the second grade and he's in the spelling bee uh third grade is where he kind of finds his comfortability because he likes the teacher and they form like a romantic relationship um but also like the kids are like super cool with him in the third grade yeah, oh he has like all his friends like from then on are like the third graders yeah so also after every time billy passes a grade he throws like this massive like carnival and we talked about like i'm like you know what the party's not really for billy it's like for the kids in the grade that he was in mm -hmm. like kind of like celebrating when well, we got through being with this guy for two weeks i think it was more like a, a party for the kids yeah but it, we do see like as he progresses through grade level he does become more mature and um how, how he deals with his life like instead of getting drunk at, after he passes the first grade and throws that first party like norm mcdonald's character asks him like hey do you want to go do this like stupid thing and billy's like nah you guys go ahead you can see how he's getting a little bit more mature as he progresses through the grades so he goes and he goes and we get these montage of him going through fifth sixth seventh eighth grade and then he gets to high school and he's not as beloved in high school as he was in like elementary school and i think that it's probably like showing like the acceptance that exists within like elementary schools and then kind of like the isolation that is well you got prevalent in it. high school in this movie I, I asked you as a first grade teacher like what if you had this situation where this like grown-ass man just like was in your classroom it would be like kind of uncomfortable right and would the kids accept this person maybe probably easier than in a high school setting yeah yeah because it's like weird in the high school setting because like kids are growing up and it if i had a 29 year old dude sitting in my freshman world history class like, what's i feel that? like oh, this is a little uncomfortable here um but I, I think we get this trope too that we see in a lot of movies it's like 21 jump street for example where it's like I was cool in high school 10 years ago and now I'm going back to high school and doing the same thing and now I'm not cool. 
we see that happen too. So Billy is treated differently in high school. He doesn't like it. He's like, he goes well, back to tell the kids in third grade about like his time. Stay and one here. of them was like, oh, I can't wait till I go to high school. Don't you say that. Stay here. Stay here. <laughs> so uh, Veronica then tells him that a third grade teacher, Veronica, who he's now in a relationship with, tells him like, well, maybe you um, like maybe you treated some people pretty badly in high school and it doesn't feel so good. Oh, and then right? we get to Steve Buscemi gag where he calls like Steve Buscemi's character and he apologizes and the guy in Steve Buscemi's character like forgives him and then we get like a cut where he goes to a list that says people to kill <laughs> and he crosses out <laughs> Billy's name. name. Yeah. So all the names on that list are like crew members of the movie too. <laughs> so, um, there, there, there's like stuff that happens in between you know we get the gags with the O'Doyles like there's an O'Doyle in like every grade level and then he's like <laughs> I feel like it's, it's not gonna end for you well for you guys and at the end we have the O'Doyles like driving off a cliff yeah <laughs> so while they all just go O'Doyle yeah. rules yes. O'Doyle rules what about the one scene where I love this scene where uh, they go on the field trip in third grade Dare you throw your sandwich at the bus driver? <laughs> and the bus driver. Well, Chris Farley's the bus driver, and he eats I'll everybody's turn this lunch. Damn bus <laughs> He eats all their lunches. Oh yeah, they, he eats. Who would steal thirty bag of lunches? It's that damn Sasquatch. <laughs> or when the one kid pees his pants, and, and then like Billy Billy helps him out by also looking like he's peed his pants, and well, then the lunch. So that's also something that I say pretty often is when uh the kid is like standing t against the wall and billy's like what are you in love with the wall or something and he turns around and the kid goes i had an accident and he's like you had an accident he looks down and goes Goo! Goo! <laughs> like i do that reaction a lot i know i live with you um so uh, and then there's the the tour guide <laughs> goes like if peeing your pants is cool consider me miles davis I love, like, these little, like, gags and these lines in the movie. They're so, like, nostalgic to me. Um, but eventually we get to... Uh, Eric has paid off the principal of because the elementary he's school. Because the principal because the principal was a, a wrestler. A professional wrestler that accidentally killed a guy. And so, like, I guess... He blackmails him, the dad gives the company away, but then it comes out that, like, oh, he actually didn't, like, bribe me, so then Billy has, like, another chance, but it's, like, kind of morphed into he doesn't really have enough time to finish the grades because he stopped going to school, so now we have to compete in this, like, ac academic decathlon mm -hmm. for a winner. Yeah. And uh, Brie has to go to her workout, so we're going to take a break and come back and finish this thing up in a little bit. But for you guys, it won't be a break. We'll just go right to what we're doing. So, Brie, why don't we take a uh, a breaky Madison? Okay. A breaky Madison. Sounds good. We'll be back. And we're back. Two <laughs> hours later, Brie has done her workout. Yes, I got my coach yelled at me. Well, he didn't yell at me. Um, I was being lazy. I picked up weights on the floor that like weren't heavy and he said 15s he's like what's going on Bree 
you tired? You you um, sore? And I said, I'm tired. He's like, I don't effing care. And he, oh, he said that? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, no, I don't give a shit. And he told me to pick up heavier weight. Nice. nice. Uh, so I've known this. Co- it, bear in mind, I've, kn- I've known this coach like three years. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. like he has permission to talk to me this way. Oh, sure, sure. And then um, I picked up heavier weights and he was fine. I just went from like 15s to 35s. So like, you know, like I could lift heavier. Like I was lifting 15 pound weights and then I picked up after he yelled at me, picked up 35 pound weights, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Cool. 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 Uh, Good. Good workout. Oh, yeah. Him and then this other coach. um, So Coach Kevin, awesome guy and Coach Sable, awesome like woman. Shout out. Uh, shout out to both of those um, Orland Park Orange Theory yeah 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 <laughs> give him a shout out um so yeah uh anyway back from our breaky Madison um <laughs> to to our to our listeners uh, we just uh, just in a millisecond went and time traveled we time traveled from uh we Two were hours recording ago. this at 7:45 we ended in the morning and now it is 9:51 so we time travel two hours. Ooh, time travel. We did things. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I guess we can wrap it up. We're getting into the climax of the movie. I'd remind myself where we ended a few hours ago. Um, so to recap a bit, um, the principal is blackmailed, ends up coming out that he was blackmailed, and now... Billy and Eric have to do the academic decathlon to which we um, get this montage of gags of everything that they do, whether it's Shakespeare uh, to baking a pie, playing music that Billy can't play the flute and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Ultimately, we end up at like the quiz bowl. Yes. With all of those crazy titles i love because like it's a gag that the principal's wife is sleeping around yeah the high school principal not the my my wife the tramp and so like there's like three categories (laughs) based on like how sleazy his wife is yeah uh there's like some there's like a bunch of surrealist humor in this that it's like if this was normal life nobody would put up with billy's behavior for example in the beginning of the movie, when Billy comes down for dinner after being drunk at the pool, okay. and he starts, like, biting the guy's hand. Also, I think the one part <laughs> where he's like, ha shut up! Happy day, happy day, boo, shut up! <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I, I pointed this out to you. Like, they're wealthy. I was like, why does Adam Sandler's character wear, like, oversized t-shirts and, like, tattered clothing? Yeah. Actually, I stole this shirt from Frank, and he pulls it up, and it says Frank under it. I think there's, like, we talked about, like, frat boys either want to be Jordan Belfort or Billy Madison. Or Billy Madison. But I'm like, but it made more. It would make more sense if Billy Madison dressed like a frat boy. But He, he does like, dress like a frat boy to an extent. I mean, like I a like, 90s frat boy, but, like, like, the baseball caps and, he like, the kind of like shitty clothes. Disheveled. Yeah. I mean, we. I, I was around people who dressed like that when I was in a frat you know every it was it was baseball caps baseball caps galore brie and like whatever you had lying on the floor that was the that was the attire for 
frat boys. Whatever you have lying on the floor? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there were some gross people in oh, that house I could that name, I lived in. I could name, like, five yeah, off we're, the top you know, of my head. We're not going to throw anyone under the bus here, but... Um, Your roommate being... Not my roommate, no. Um, there was another dude that was in my pledge class um, that we once had an open house for Rush Week and the IFC board came in to do like an inspection of the house and we like barred off this kid's room because he was just a filthy human being in that room That's at so the nasty. time. I don't know if he's like that now. That's but like just like it was like Bri, it was so gross to, like, like he had people... moldy sandwiches in there and but, like that's like inconsiderate to the people you live with like y'all have like that's how houses like keep their bug problem like because you can't keep a place clean. no we were horrible like by the time we ended up getting kicked off campus everybody gave up on keeping that house clean i was a house manager so it was like super stressful to be like hey we got to clean this thing like i'm not gonna do it by myself it's a big house. So I remember like, not to go off on a tangent, I guess, but I lived in what I considered to be probably the cleanest room in the house because I was by myself in this small room and I kept it clean. However, like the door was up a little bit so you can see kind of under it. I was sitting on the floor doing my EdTPA for like my senior year and getting my teaching license. And I turned to my right and I uh, looked at the area under the door and I saw a mouse staring at me. <laughs> and we looked at each other and the mouse turned around and I turned the other way and I was like, I am not dealing with it. <laughs> and I ended up blocking the bottom of my door for the rest of the school year. And Anthony will wonder, hey, Brie, why you never stayed the night at the Fred house? No, it was gross. Oh, because I'd really rather gross. do anything else. I had an apartment. On I stayed by your apartment okay. probably you, like, in, in you, that junior year more than I stayed at the you house. You like live there. Yeah. Um, but we also, we had a, the apartment complex had a cucaracha problem. Our house had a cucaracha problem. <laughs> so many we cucarachas. Had huge MS. I ain't never seen a cucaracha till that, like being at a, like a college. I was like weary about keeping my stuff on the floor when we, when I lived at the house because like we had a problem we had a, we had animals galore in that house we had cockroaches bats. we had mice we had a few bats in there um i've got a video of us trying to capture a bat it's really funny um and then we had like a cat at one point we had a dog at one point um we had a raccoon roaming around not in the house outside of the house skunks were, would roam around the house it was everything squirrels i saw a squirrel once sitting on the ledge of my window like looking into my room he wanted in he wanted in yeah. we i only saw a couple of roaches i they sprayed every month and we had no problems at all until they switched from orkin to doing it themselves the company like the the um the pest control company they the orkin company was great and then the apartment complex like team decided they were just gonna have their crew they do cut, it they cut costs yeah they cut costs and then th that's when we started to have a problem mm -hmm. after they got rid of orkin i love the orkin man orkin man was we were tight because we were not supposed to have dogs and we had a dog 
like you could have got fined like 500 bucks mm-hmm. and like evicted and we had a dog because my sister that's a long story yeah <laughs> another day oh uh, yeah so we had a dog and he was like super nice about it and like would didn't, say didn't care didn't care would say hi to the dog like he had a key to the apartment because like, it just comes in but we, they told us every this day of the month the organ guy the organ guy comes yeah to spray and then when the organ then when they replaced the organ guy with like one of their own guys i had to make sure to lock the dog away and hide them. Mm-hmm. not fun um i hate that company that company is a piece of trash all the companies that are companies. Le- leasing companies at isu they're all racket and they all commit crime okay yeah so i no that is they put these kids, and we were victims of this too, they put these kids in such horrible positions where you sign college students into leases almost a year before you move in. The date to sign for your lease is like in September of the previous year. So if I wanted to live in an apartment in starting in August of 2023... I would sign in like September of 2022 to live in in the apartment. Now, you don't know, like at that point, you know, so much can change in a year where it's like the people that you agree to live with, you might not be as close with, you know, or you might have trouble finding a roommate and you'd be stuck living with somebody random. It's so, and it's like at that school, the, the leasing companies almost run monopolies it, it's not two, it's the, not monopoly there are, there are two three. Main, three main ones and, but they control everything around there so you they don't charge, have an option and then so they charge so much money i was paying a loan the price it would cost co- it cost us to pay together yeah that's insane so e- my roommate and i were paying like a thousand bucks each for an apartment that i would i wouldn't rent for more than like a thousand bucks total mm-hmm. it was a trashy place two bedrooms had but, had but like that, bug that's problems the thing is like they didn't have to i, I don't want to call like there's nowhere else i could go there's nowhere else you can go and we were on campus to, they don't have to do anything for you because it's like fuck you if you don't want to live here we could find the next also idiot to we got a in. brick thrown through our window mm-hmm. one weekend and it took them like almost like a week to come and fix it. Yeah, they don't we care. We had garbage bags taped up over like the broken I, no window. Heaven. I remember people talking about like how like the owners of the leasing They're companies so are rude. so rude. They if you post a negative review, they like come for your throat. Oh yeah. They'll post pictures of your apartment. It's like ma- mafia style. Yeah, they're so mean. So I talked to Anthony about this. I'm like my red flag now for like going to a business is if I look on Google reviews or Yelp and the owner is arguing with people in the comments. I'm like I will not go there. I'm like I won't go there. I was like, what? It's bad. It looks bad. I, I don't care how like horrible the no, person you, is. You don't yell. Like, I, you you don't say, argue. I'm sorry for your ex- negative experience at our business. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Or um, I'm like, I'm sorry about your bad experience at our business. It's like, I hope you like, you know, 
I have fine luck elsewhere. Don't start like bad mouthing people. And that doesn't look good to me. Well, we talked about this. I don't care how bad day. a review is. You should be wanting to make that person feel better. I have very rarely been to a place where I'm like, I'm going to give this place a bear. It has to be terrible. Mm-hmm. I am more often the person who will be like, I had such a wonderful experience here. And I'm going to leave a like a review about how fun I had, how much fun I had. I have did that at the place I got my wedding dress. I've done that for the place that does my did my makeup for my wedding. And I am doing a review. I haven't done it yet for a place I went during my bachelorette party that you know, it's a little dive bar and it needs that five star review because I had such a good time. I was like, sometimes businesses, if you do a really good job, like I will like say I will sing your praises. But if I see someone has given you a bad review, I'm like, I'll still give you a chance. But if you're arguing with someone under that bad review, ain't no way. If I could go back in time and like tell my younger self to like just live in like campus apart, like ISU housing and not deal with like leasing companies, I would, I would, I would be an RA or something. Well, so we talked about this a few days ago when we were talking about like the local politics here where we live and there's a guy that is on like the township board that always argues with people on the Facebook page. It looks bad. And I was telling Bree, you know, we as teachers, you know, there's, there's like leadership strategies where one of them is you never want to get into a verbal argument with a kid in front of the rest of the class because the moment you start yelling, it's like a sign of weakness. You lose credibility in your leadership. You handle you have to handle it in different ways. It's the same thing with politicians. It's the same thing with business owners. The minute you start arguing with your customer or with your constituents in front of people is the moment that you lose your credibility as a leader. And it's just not a good look, right? It looks it looks awful. I didn't I wanted to give the leasing company a bad review, but I didn't want to deal with them like bullying me, you know? Mm-hmm. But like what I it think, would be like they would make fun of you. Yeah, they would make fun of people. They would post like pictures of them, their apartment on move out. I would have to say the only thing I did not like they keep don't even try to clean the apartment when you leave because they're going to charge you anyway. Mm-hmm. If I could go back and tell every single ISU kid, don't bother cleaning because you're never going to get your you're never you're deposit. not going to get your security par- deposit back. I'll tell you as an adult, Anthony and I got an apartment. And they, they were so cool. They didn't charge a security deposit at all. They didn't charge a security deposit. And upon move out, we did a deep clean, but there was some stuff that like we couldn't get to. And we were I, charged nothing. They didn't charge anything. I reached out to them and I said, is there anything that, you know, we missed anything that we need to pay for? And they're like, nope, you're all good. We have it covered. I said, you know, we, um, like we accidentally like chip paint on the wall and like putting up posters or something and they're like nope we got it don't worry about it and You're i have to good. say the only negative part about living there was when the like the, the parking the parking lot yeah. flooded and my t- car got totaled like we would have stayed probably there if that didn't happen mm-hmm. i mean we didn't like having neighbors either but if i i could sing that apartment complex's praises because that was the most positive apartment like experience I've ever had. We are on a tangent. I right know. Now. Let's continue. Uh, on. Okay, back to Billy Madison. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I think we're almost done. So, 
academic decathlon. We have board full of, um, oh, we were talking about, I guess we got off on the tangent. We were talking about like the surrealism of Billy Madison where it's like Billy wouldn't act that, like nobody acts that way. Nobody does the things that these characters do in real life. And Adam Sandler does that throughout all of his movies. If you look, we're not going to review Happy Gilmore, but like Happy Gilmore is the same way where he's just like yelling at people the entire time. And it's like, nobody puts up with that. Nobody sees that as like socially acceptable behavior. <laughs> and uh, in Billy Madison, he's like yelling gibberish across the table and everyone's just silent and acts like, oh, ha ha ha, Billy did a funny thing. It's like, no, you would, I if I was at that table, I'd be like, but I think this is Something also, is it a is commentary about, like, what, like, rich people get away with? Yeah, where everything's like, ha, 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 that's just, he, like, boys will be boys. He's dumb because, like, he never had to apply himself. He's set up for life. Like, there's no, mm -hmm. like, consequence yeah. in place for him. So, we get to the academic decathlon, and uh, there's all these topics on the board, and Eric chooses for Billy uh the industrial revolution or like reflections of society and literature and the questions about the industrial revolution and he relates it to the puppy who lost his way from the story that he was read to him in first grade and he goes on this like long tangent about it and probably the most notable quote from the entire movie is the response from the moderator where he's like Nowhere in your incoherent rambling was there anything close to a rational thought. It's like everybody in the room is now dumber for having listened to. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's so good. And then um, he chooses business ethics for Eric and Eric can't answer the question and goes crazy, pulls out a gun. And it's like this like deus ex machina ending where it's like, I didn't think that he would go crazy. And I didn't know that he and then they we never get, let up to And then it. we get the return of Buscemi. Buscemi comes back for like half a second and saves uh, Billy by shooting Eric in the butt. And <laughs> Billy just goes, glad I called that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so good. Um, Billy graduates. He uh, hands over the company to Carl, who is kind of like the third in line to the company and has always been a supporter of Billy. And everyone's happy. happy I think ending. I'd read. It's kind of like Billy's going to take over what his dad's doing, but somebody else is running the company. No, he said, I'm going to hand over the company to Carl. Well, he still gets money from it. Cause well, it's yeah, like, I, I, it's I assume Gil he still like has it's a trust Gil fund. Yeah, it's like Gilmore Hotel. It's like, but I don't want to run the company. So yeah. it's not, I'm going to put somebody else in charge of it. Mm -hmm. It's like... Like Bruce Wayne does that. Yeah, where Bruce Wayne's not like running. He's on the board, but... But someone else is the CEO. Yeah, like Lucius Fox or something. Um, so I'm trying to think of where we're going. Billy says he wants to be a teacher. Happy Aww. ending. Pro teacher stuff. Uh, everybody kisses each other at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's awkward. Uh, and then that's it. That's the movie. So, Billy Madison, Brie, what do you think? It does not make my list. Yeah. I, I like it, you know. Um, I don't know if any Adam Sandler movie is going to... I, I'm like... Billy Madison definitely doesn't make my list either. Because, let's keep in mind, I have seen every single one 
of the of the Adam Sandler movies Anthony has picked on the list, mm-hmm. whereas in my Meryl Streep series he has not seen every one of those. I've, so I think be, I've only seen one. So it'll be very interesting for Anthony and I to go through this because I'm going through his actor series, being well versed in Adam Sandler. Like I've I've pretty much seen every Adam Sandler movie, except Jack and Jill because I refuse. That's not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like saying I've seen like almost every movie he's put out. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you haven't seen every movie Streep has if, put out. If I would have told you that the in 1995 when Billy Madison comes out that this guy can be a serious actor, what would you think? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. And then he does like Uncut Gems. You act like that's his first serious role. It's not his first serious role. However... It's probably his most notable serious role or his best performance, I think. We'll get into it later. I want to read some reviews from Billy Madison. Go ahead. It's always nice. Because the movie did not get good reviews. I Um, couldn't imagine why. It has a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, a 16 out of 100 on Metacritic. Um. Let's see. I'm reading some of the reviews on Wikipedia. Um, Peter Rayner of the Los Angeles Times commented, Sandler has a bad habit of thinking he is funnier than we are. (laughs) Yikes. Um, Gene uh, Siskel and Roger Ebert both gave the films thumbs down. Roger Ebert said of Sandler, not an attractive screen presence. He might have a career as a villain or a fall guy or the butt of the joke, but as the protagonist, his problem is that he recreates the fingernails on the blackboard syndrome. Like you get tired of him or annoyed. Um, Siskel added, you don't have a good motivation for the character's behavior, which I would agree with. I don't think that there's a good motivation for Billy acting like such a goof. Um, by the end, you feel like a drill sergeant. You uh, want to wipe that stupid grin off Sandler's face. <laughs> um, said, a more kid-friendly version of Dumb and Dumber. And there's even a moral. Yahoo for education through the movie, but uh, the movie doesn't really put any muscle behind it. Wow. So, uh, not great. But they did get a positive review from uh, Bill Mowbray from Film 4, according to Wikipedia, uh, writing, When you get that uh, Sandler's comedic persona is meant to be annoying, like Beavis and Butthead or Cartman, the laughs come thick and fast. The plot is insane, but it's the basis of a series of really funny scenes. That's what I think people don't understand. Like, it's supposed to be stupid. I think it's supposed to be... Well, yeah. It's supposed supposed to to get on your nerves, It's supposed to get on your nerves, and it's supposed to be a collection of funny scenes that are... Not, that doesn't take itself seriously. This isn't PTA. You know, we're yeah. not watching Magnolia. <laughs> it's a completely different thing. So uh, I think that is a good area for us to, unless you have anything to add. Brett? No. Um, Anthony doesn't make your list. No. No. Um, I'm saving my Sandler film. It's going to be Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. So, no, doesn't make my list. Um, however, this is a good basis for a good foundation for our Sandler series. Sandler teaching us how to be responsible, right? Like Billy Madison grows as a character throughout his time in school to a point where he's ready for a mature relationship. He's ready for a mature jobby. <laughs> he's go to the job tree where jobs grow on jobbies. <laughs> 
so I think that's a good time to uh, wrap it up. Bree, do you have anything else you would like to add? Um, no, I'm good. I I enjoyed this. I can't wait to see what's going on next week, which we will be doing a Streep movie. Oh, yeah. Death Becomes Her. One of my favorites, not only because it's a Meryl Streep movie, but it's a Goldie Hawn movie, and I love her, so I'm excited. Facts. Facts. I have not seen the movie in a very long time. I've seen this. I think this, this is, is a, the only one on the Streep list that I have seen. Um, This is a movie that I've seen a lot. Like, I've seen this movie mm-hmm. a lot. Because my mom... It's a movie my mom... My mom's a big Goldie Hawn fan, so... Yeah. Cool. So... Good stuff. So, uh, where can we find us, Brie? Um, you can find us on Instagram at review underscore pod. You can email us at review podcast underscore... No. Oh, no review podcast one, oh, I review, think. I thought it was review podcast underscore one I haven't review at podcast one at gmail.com you can follow anthony on twitter at, at gldtv1 and if you want to find me you're gonna have to go through all the like grades again but this time you have to start in kindergarten don't Whoa. forget kindergarten and go all the way through 12th grade and then and then you can find brie uh good Good stuff. We'll be back next week. You can find us uh, anywhere where you can get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. We had a little bit of an issue a few weeks back with Frank and Weenie like not showing up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It so was we're weird. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna keep we're gonna that, monitor um, that. You know, we don't. I guess we're we don't monitor when like we I, should I have. set I set the date and I just let the internet have control. <laughs> Apparently, you need to check on the internet. Know, sometimes right? you don't do his job. Okay. Well, you can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts, and we will be back next week with Meryl Streep's Death Becomes Her. Yay! Signing off for the Review Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Bree. And that's that. Review Podcast. Yeah.